Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. You think you like football? Ron Jaworski doesn't just really like football. He loves football. There's a lesson to be learned here. Don't be late for practice. <laughs> don't oversleep. You better be there. You don't see the football field. <laughs> Whatever happened to Jaws? I think he's doing work in Philadelphia now. Since, since he got, I got, I think he got let go in the in one of those ESPN purges a couple of years back. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's doing ES, or I'm pretty mm. sure he's doing Philadelphia radio and some TV. Okay, because he was <laughs> God, he was huge on ESPN for so long, right? Omnipresent. He is the CEO of Juan Jaworski Golf Management Incorporated, based out of what? Blackwood, New Jersey, and manages golf courses in southern New Jersey, northeast Pennsylvania, and western Virginia. Football, yeah, football, yeah. Football, yeah. Football, yeah. Football, yeah. And you know what he does? Yeah. He talks football on those golf courses. Oh, smoking cigars, talking about the early 80s. Yes. Oh, yeah, getting concussed, getting hit from behind. <laughs> I still see stars and my, birds. My neck still flops back sometimes <laughs> because I took so many hits. Well, this is uh, this is Purple Daily right here, Daily Vikings Entertainment, presented by Surly Brewing Company. We uh, we also have a little show we like to call Vikings Vent Line right after Vikings games are over, and uh, it's Vikings Packers Week, boys. Let's pump this thing up here. Alex Boone yesterday, if you missed that, realistic grand or two days ago now, realistic grandy on Tuesday. So all kinds of stuff for you. Uh, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. That's really not that much of an ask after 60 years. All right, no. let's let's put one on the board here. So um, every Thursday, we go into our state of the offense address. And by the way, if you're watching us on a TCL TV, I want to uh, shout them out real quick, too, because they're a huge, huge partner of ours. And uh, you can support us by supporting them and yourself in your football viewing by getting one of the world's best-selling television sets a new lineup of award-winning tvs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost enjoy more of the things you love with tcl so state of the vikings offense let's let adam thielen actually start this episode with some of his thoughts it just it just gives us confidence you know like hey they they trust that we can go make plays um they trust as an offense that that we can convert on those fourth downs um, in crucial situations, right? A lot of those fourth down calls were in, in big situations that really changed the game. So, um, you know, for us, 
we have a lot of confidence and and we want uh, we want to be aggressive because we know uh, what we can do in the skill positions and and as an offense you know honestly uh, we have a lot of confidence what we can do so uh, when that when when we're aggressive it's it's exciting um, but at the same time it makes you a little bit more attentive to detail because you know if they're going to call be aggressive then you better be at your best uh, uh, to convert because um, those are those are huge plays in the game. So I'm going to give you guys a little teaser here. I've got my four key offensive stats for you, but Adam Thielen talking about, hey, they're just, you know, let's let's get us the ball here. I think he's talking about himself and Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen has one of the best contested catch rates in the NFL. That didn't even make the four key offensive Football. stats. <laughs> but he's he's been throwing 19 contested balls, if you will. And he's caught 13 of them. So 70% of the sort of 50-50 balls that you throw to Adam Thielen, he comes down with. 70%. That's great. That quote <laughs> just bugged me so much because of the end. What is this quid pro quo with, with and, and, and it's not Thielen's fault here, but what he said. It's the same thing that Zimmer said when he said, Justin, we're going to get you the ball more, but we need more. We need more at practice. And and Thielen just said, well, if we're going to do that, we've got attention to detail, which which they've clearly been told. It's like there's this threat constantly that if you're not doing exactly what I want, then we're going to pack it in and go home. Like, what is that? Yeah. Like, like what's this? So you – it's like the dad who's going to turn the car around. This is the most worked up I've yeah. seen you all week, I think. It, it, it's like the dad who's going to turn the car Which around, is... though. But, I mean, this is a high-flying – this this offense, I really like it. Like, it's got the potential to be really good, and we saw some things on Sunday I really liked. But it's always like they're under this threat, like they're 12. Like, if you guys get out of line in the backseat of this car, you know what? Disneyland's off, and we're going to turn her around, and we're going home. Do you like, think Mike what McCarthy is, is saying that to, to, to right. his offense? But saying, I mean, listen, about... listen, Amari, Amari, yeah, now, exactly. if you give me a little bit more at practice day, hey, CD, CD, I'll give you a couple balls in uh, the game that you wouldn't ordinarily get. Give you a couple cookies, but you got to give me everything you yeah. got. Yeah. Wednesday practice. And but I mean the so the threat is basically if we take a shot and it don't work, don't be surprised if we never take a shot again. Right. That's the, no, that's, that's the threat. True. Yeah, I, it's just mind boggling. It is it is kind of weird. Like the whole the whole Zimmer thing after Sunday's game. You know, I went up to Justin Jefferson and told him, "All right, we'll get you. We'll make sure you get the ball, but you got to do something for me." It's like, well, do you want the offense to operate at its full peak capacity? Do you want to blow teams out once in a while? I almost feel like I'm Mike sorry. Zimmer really doesn't feel comfortable trying to blow teams out. Like, look at some of the scores the last couple of weeks in these NFL games. 43-6, to six, right? The Patriots are throttling the Browns. They see an opening, and they step on throats. The Dallas Cowboys against the Falcons, right? What was the final score there? Like 40-something, 43 to same. basically yeah. the same score. Yeah, we're on the same. You know, like, do you guys feel like and the Vikings defense, you can't make up for last year and maybe the year before you could say, well, the Vikings defense wasn't good enough to blow teams out because they were constantly letting teams back in games. Now, the Vikings defense isn't back to where it was in 2017, but the Vikings play some pretty good defense this year. Mm -hmm. Don't you think they have enough star power? They've got an accurate enough quarterback. Their offensive line isn't really that good, but like, there's, 
I think they're only getting pressured on like 33% of dropbacks or something. So like you're getting clean pockets more often than not. Shouldn't you have a couple games by now where you are just winning by three touchdowns, four touchdowns, and you're just throttling somebody? Doesn't it feel like that should be the case? Yeah, including the, including the Detroit game. Yeah. Like that Detroit game. But why, but why is it that the guy who's in charge is clearly like threatening the, the production? Like what's the way to get the least efficiency from people to make them walk on eggshells? Yes. And it's like, and, and I mean, what Thielen is saying there is we want to be aggressive, which is awesome. They should. We want to do what we did on Sunday, but there's the perceived threat that if we screw that up, if Kirk throws a pick, if I don't catch a ball, you know, if I'm, if I go up for a contested ball and I tip it and it gets picked off, that's it. That's it. Then it's run game. Anyway, that's just, it, it's such uh it goes so counter to what should be the thought process. Okay, I, I'm going to give you another little teaser here. We might as well switch the name of it from four key offensive stats to six key offensive stats because I got another one for you. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. So as frustrated as we have been with the Vikings offense, not like it's it's been a good offense, but we think it could be maybe even a great offense. Like not quite, I wouldn't say quite what Dallas is doing and what Tampa, but it should be closer to a top five offense in more categories, I think, based on the personnel. They're 15th right now in yards per play, but the Packers are 17th. Mm-hmm. Now, that does include one game with Jordan Love where they literally couldn't do anything. So if you take that game out, the Packers and Vikings are probably neck and neck. But the Vikings average more yards per play offensively than their opponent on Sunday, the Green Bay Packers. How does that land with you guys? Because um, I don't think that's the perception. It's not the, the perception, perception is that, oh, the Packers offense, right? But, yeah, it's, it, it's not the perception. Um, it doesn't shock me because the Packers – defensively have been very good their offense is probably not as good as as we think because we're going back to what we have known previously from them uh but it also frustrates me again because it brings on it brings on the question of why aren't you winning some games comfortably and why aren't you embracing the the fact like it's no secret what they did against the chargers it's not surprising to me like we've talked about this all year the state of the vikings offense potentially is great like it's really good and, and yes, the offensive line has some problems, okay? But that doesn't mean that you don't have skilled position guys. And clearly, if you empower Kirk like they, they did on Sunday, and Kirk needs to be propped up, I get that. But you've got the potential. So actually, that stat does not shock me. It frustrates me even more so. Yeah. And I think even though the Packers defense, like they shut out the Seahawks, um, I don't know that I see a huge gap between the Packers and Vikings defensively, especially Vikings playing at home. So the more I and we'll and we'll do the whole game prediction for purple props later this week and and we'll you know dive into the just the spread and everything but Packers being like field goal you know two three point favorites in this game it's weird to me I think it's a lot of perception it's the perception it's the record difference the record. Yeah, it's I agree Aaron Rodgers you know well and, you know what it perceived, is you know, MVP season last year but Kirk is having the best season of his career right now too. It's largely it's largely this how the Vikings have been coached. Yep. I just keep coming back to that. I keep coming back to the direction and coaching cuz I don't hate this team. I just don't. Um they're frustrating at times, but I really think that this comes back I, I mean if, so if if the Vikings had won a couple of the games that they were supposed to win or or a couple of the games that they won but had won them by substantial margins Phil, 
I think this game in fairness is like Vikings by a point or pick them. Like that's what it should be here. Yeah, not, so, not in green Bay. So if, uh, if they had beat, if, if Greg Joseph makes a field goal, a 37 yard field goal against the Cardinals and the Vikings are five and four going into this game. And let's even go a step further and say, if they just find a way to win that Bengals game, whether it was the Dalvin cook, I thought it was a bad call. The fumble, like there was a couple chances to win that game. Yeah, and so they're five and four, or they're six and three. Especially yeah, if they're six and three, then they'd be favored in this game. Yes. So, like one or two plays, probably is the difference between like three or four or five points in this spread against the Packers on Sunday. And they're the also whole perception, and they're also what right now two and two at home. Yeah, they lost the Browns. Yep. Um, what was the other home loss? Dallas Browns, Dallas. 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 Yeah. Halloween night, yeah. but they beat Detroit barely here. Um, the other thing too is, I think if we go back and watch it, that Browns loss is not a good loss. Now, no, like I'm not. less and less impressed by that 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 loss. And and you know what happens offensively if you unleash them? So like I felt like that Browns game was again conservative and let's try and run the ball and let's try and do this. I mean, the fact is Baker Mayfield had a terrible game. He's hurt and he had a terrible game. So what happens if you take your offense in that game and, and impose your will as, as opposed to fill what you keep saying, which I agree with completely, which is sort of what Mike's theory of the game plan has to be. Well, and then let's let's just let's just zoom it out to this. So the Patriots beat the brakes off the Browns, just an absolute embarrassing clown show for the Browns. The Vikings looked awful against the Browns at home, lost that game. What were the biggest differences? So the, the Browns, now they now Nick Chubb did play against the Vikings, didn't play against the Patriots, right? Or Hunt did, or both of them did. I, I mean, their, their run game was in better shape, but they scored 14 points, correct? But, but my main point here is, what was the biggest difference between the Patriots and the Vikings? It's not roster. It's certainly not top-end offensive skill position player weapons, right? Correct. Yes. And although I really like, what they're doing at quarterback there with Mac Jones. And I would certainly take his contract for the next four or five years over Kirk's. I don't think they have a decided quarterback advantage with a rookie quarterback. Like Mac Jones has been really good, but let's not let's be, let's pump the brakes before we say he's definitively better than Kirk cousins, right? Coaching was the biggest difference and you know, some injuries here and there, but I, I got to give you guys these four key offensive yeah. stats here. Football. I... Good conversation. Yeah. Good Come stuff. Come on, Dex. Let's, let's be let's, good. Let's go. Let's start with. Executive producer. Go. Go tight. <laughs> how Thanks, how long ago did you Thanks, get sick of that conversation? Was it like five minutes ago? Or uh, minutes seven. Ago? Yeah. No, it's fine. So, yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Thanks for empowering us. You're welcome. Self-scout. All right. The first key offensive stat, and these are, these are categories of stats here. All right. Kirk Cousins. Is this the best season of Kirk Cousins' career? All right. So he's 12th in QBR, which, all right, it's about where you would think. Mm-hmm. But Football Outsiders analytical rankings have him fifth. Pro Football Focus has him second behind Tom Brady this season. He only has committed eight turnover worthy plays all year, which is the 10th fewest in the NFL. I think he had like 21 turnover-worthy plays or something, or 23 last year. Sure. Now, on the flip side, he he only ranks uh, 34th in average depth of target. So it's a lot of checkdowns this season, a lot of short stuff. 
tight end screens and things of that nature. He's right next to Jared Goff and Ben Roethlisberger in the uh, depth of target rankings. But in terms of where he sits, and PFF loves him again this season. Second, Football Outsiders fifth, and QBR 12th. So I guess my question is, do you think he's playing his best football, Kirk Cousins? I think he's playing his best football over an extended period of time since he signed here. Um, he's had better months. So, like, the, the Kirk Tober thing is is real. And those have been some phenomenal months. But I honestly think that his his play, for the most part, has been his most consistent play and his best play. The only thing is, I hate that stat of, of turnover-worthy plays because it should be higher. It's, again, an example of plays that he can make that will be deemed. Like, let's say that's 15. Let's say it's 20, okay? Well, uh, the league leaders have 21, by the way. Like, Okay, like, but, but, that stat means, but that stat means potential for uh, picks or fumbles, correct? Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not saying that a 50-50 ball is a turnover-worthy play. Though. Okay, it's I'd be curious like, to know what that it, is. It's, it's, it's defined as... It's kind of nebulous. It's it's definitely subjective, but it's you know, did you do something reckless with the football, you know, potentially okay. allowing for a fumble? It, it it goes beyond like fifty fifty balls. Okay, okay. So let's and it say goes that... more into the reckless category where you turn around and you threw it off a defender's chest and he okay. dropped it or okay. something. You know, my my I guess the the thing is I would like I would definitely like to see him told to do what he did against the Chargers, which is take more chances, but. Yes, I think overall this has been the most consistent that we've seen from Kirk this deep into a season where where I think he's definitely giving you a chance. I would like to see them give him more opportunity, though, given the players he has to throw to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think you nailed it. He's had better peak stretches where he goes. He'll, he's got probably four or five different stretches in his career, even going back to Washington, where for six weeks he throws – you know, 15 touchdowns or something, like just puts up ridiculous numbers. So you haven't seen, but I think what he's done is he's raised the floor of his play. You're not getting that Falcons game last year. You're not getting the, there was a couple of years ago in the first month of the season, he threw a first and 10 interception in the end zone in Green Bay. And then he had a couple of really reckless throws against the Bears. Like he's, yeah. he's kind of eliminated the reckless stuff and the fumbles and he's not giving you train wrecks. But he's not giving you necessarily like the best five-game stretch at the top of his career. But I'm good with it. I think eliminating the train wrecks is actually a huge key to him you know, getting to a more sustainable level. So The, th- the thing that I loved about the Chargers game for him was he, he got off to a Kirk start. He, he was really shaky. Like the first two drives, I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be – uh, Kirk against the Chiefs or, or the Bears game that caused Diggs to bolt or the uh, Seahawks game where he threw the ball backwards. Yeah. Uh, and he rebounded and played, I thought, really well. So, so like, that's the thing is, I have no problem with Kirk struggling for a series or two. But in the past, it seemed to impact the rest of the game. And I don't think we've seen a fully impacted Kirk is falling apart game in 2021. Mm-hmm. All right. Key offensive stat category number two. Justin Jefferson. Let's talk about Justin Jefferson here. He is incredible in two categories. And these are from Pro Football Focus. Man coverage. When he faces up, when he lines up against man coverage, it's me versus you. He has the second highest 
wide receiver grade in the NFL behind Cooper Cup, who's just having a ridiculous season for the Rams. When you target Justin Jefferson in man coverage, you have a 136.7 passer rating. On 30 attempts to Justin Jefferson in man coverage, 21 of the attempts have resulted in first downs, <laughs> not catches. So what's the math yeah. there? Like like just under 70% of targets to Justin Jefferson in man coverage result in first downs. Mm-hmm. The second one is slot. Uh, when he's lined up in the slot, he is the highest graded slot receiver in the NFL. Now, only about a quarter of his targets come out of the slot because he does line up outside quite a bit. But they're putting him in the slot. You know, about 25% of his targets are in the slot, and he is the highest graded, according to PFF, slot receiver in the NFL. So slot and or man coverage, and it is impossible basically to guard Justin Jefferson. Yeah, but, I mean, that's what we we knew, right? Like he is, and, and that's why you can't just say, well, he now he's being doubled, and that's it for him today. Now we're going to throw to Conklin and that's, Ham. That's what, that's what it's you know, been, right? Oh, no. Well, that Lions game was was the biggest cop-out I've ever seen. It's like, okay, they adjusted. Now, hey, Clint, it's your turn to adjust now. No, man, he's done. He's done. We can't. Oh, man, no, no. More, more too, Conklin. Too deep. Too Alex deep Madison, shell. swing too passes. Too deep shell. It's over for him. My blankie. That's why that was so ridiculous. Tap out, tap out. That's why that was just so maddening to watch because you're like, okay, find a way to get him yeah. the ball. So, I mean, he's amazing. He's amazing, and, and some of these stats bear it out. Okay, uh, category number three here. Football. The offensive line. State of the offensive line here, okay? Love it. So, ESPN.com has the Vikings ranked 25th in pass block win rate, Ugh. and that's defined as did you hold up for two and a half seconds before the defense won their matchup with you? Like, your job is to make sure that – for two and a half seconds, you don't allow anyone to to beat you collectively. So they're 25th in pass block win rate. But PFF has the Vikings offensive line overall in, in terms of run blocking and pass blocking, 30th out of 32. Ugh. PFF only has really one above average graded offensive lineman, and it's Brian O'Neill. Everyone else is either like average or below average or train wreck. Right. Uh, Mason Cole's PFF grade is 12 points higher than Garrett Bradbury's. Ole Udo is the second most penalized guard in the NFL, 11 penalties in nine games. So um, it's bad. Now, people, t- I think people tend to overreact and say, well, the offensive line is, you know, bottom five, which means Kirk Cousins never has any time to throw. Well, it's like when you're ranking umpires. You know, Angel Hernandez is the worst umpire in baseball. Well, he still gets like 96% of the calls right. So, you know, there, I'll give you one more here. The Vikings are keeping Kirk Cousins mostly clean, pressure-free, 65 to 70% of snaps. Yeah, I, I think if you look, I think where they've actually declined from last year is run blocking. I they think have. the run, the run blocking's down, and D- and Dalvin now has a- actually uh, t- taken a page from the AP book and gone famine, famine, feast. He's getting he is losing more yards this year than I think he has throughout his career. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the run blocking that's going backwards. But what does that encourage the coaching staff to do? To establish the run, you have to pass. That that's why the the loss, um, the, the significant loss, it seems like 
of play action is mystifying because they're not they're not complementing themselves. They're so one dimensional at, at times that teams are like, okay, we'll put eight in the box. That's unblockable for the most part. Uh, and the way to get a team to back off and bail back is to be like, well, we have Justin Jefferson too. So if you do that, you're going to pay the price. So I actually feel in some ways like the line is being set up to fail by the play caller. Have they commented much on the, now they did run like 12 play actions last week. It was the most play action heavy game of the season. Yes. But like they, you know, they're like 16th in play action attempts and they just seem like Kirk is great at it for, for his career. And you got Dalvin and an offensive line that could, could use a little tricked up, just like an extra half beat of, uh, of time on a play action to, you know, to, to hold off the defense. Have they talked much about, I'm sure Courtney Cronin and Collar, I'm sure they've been asked about it, but like, why aren't they running more play action? They just, they just speak in circles. Like they don't yeah. give uh, I, I think they were asked about it more early in the season when it was clear that, that the numbers were declining. And well, I mean, Clint doesn't really, he does a weekly press availability on Thursdays, but he doesn't say a damn thing. And Zim gets defensive, but yeah, it's a, uh, and, and I, I also feel bad for, for, Dalvin because the threat of Dalvin is largely the threat. It's not like if you give him the ball and are like, okay, get yards, that kills the threat because then if you're the defense, you know exactly who to focus on. So again, I keep coming back to one thing. I keep coming back to coaching and asking this question. Are you maximizing your offense's ability to be its best? Yeah. No. Uh, And listen, they took a step in the right direction against the Chargers. You're right. Do it again against the Packers, right. and you and you probably beat them. Okay, before we get to the fourth category here, and I I do have a bonus one too, so it's really going to be like seven key offensive <laughs> stats here. The executive oh, producer pissed right now. I'm sorry. I like it. I got nothing else to do right now, so I love this. Fiesta uh, football. Well, you got nothing else to do but talk football and lose weight. Mm-hmm. That's right. Thanks to my good friends at Livia Weight Control Centers, and I want to tell J- you, Judd's here to chew bubble gum and lose, lose weight. weight. Look and at he's this face. all Look out of bubble gum. Livia.com. That's why, my man, uh, the weight is peeling off. Started at two forty, down to two seventeen, and right now, I want to tell you about Livia's Season to Believe Friends and Family event. You join now, save forty percent off your plan. That's right, join now, save forty percent off your plan. Your first visit is free. 855-GO-L-I-V-E, 855-GO-L-I-V-E, or visit Livia.com, Livia.com. Tell them Score North and Judd told you to check them out. Get yourself on the program that has helped me immensely. I feel better. My clothes are looser, and some people might even think I look better. That's subjective. It is. It is. Yeah, you guys. Stella tells me I'm looking good. PFF likes you, but Football Outsider says you're just kind of average. My DVOA. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) One million. (laughs) Uh, Also, a shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. So they're all about risk management. They help business owners maximize the success of their business. And it's kind of like Kirk, right? He's looking to. He's he's minimizing risk by having a low number of turnover worthy plays. Federated comes in, they help protect your bottom line, help protect your employees. You know, think about what winter weather could do to harm your business. You know, just Federated thinks about all these things, and they have all kinds of people and resources to help you as a business owner. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. You like that? You like that? All right, category number four here, four key offensive stats. Let's talk about third and fourth down offense. 
The Vikings rank 26th in the NFL in third down conversion rate. Mm-hmm. And just digging through some of the other peripheral numbers here, a lot of it is because they tend to throw short of the sticks and hope that whether it's a check down or, or design plays, a lot of throws short of the sticks. I mean, their average depth of target, even it was better last week, but it's still like bottom three in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So when you throw short of the sticks, that's what happens. You, you wind up not converting first downs. But here's, here's the more interesting one. The Vikings rank number one in the NFL in fourth down conversion rate. They convert 73% of their fourth down attempts, but they've only gone for it 11 times all season, which is like bottom nine in the NFL. Right. 73% conversion rate. Right. It's amazing. Um, so I don't go for it a little more often. Go Sam. for it. And you got, you got the validation well, there at the end of the Chargers game. Give yourself a better chance on third down by being smarter on second down. Then you don't get to fourth down. I think that's the problem. I mean, second and long, you're gonna they run, yeah. And so now it's second and twelve. Okay, now it's second or third and eight. Let's give yourself a chance on th- third down. Make it the the third and fourth down plays against the Chargers with the uh, third and 20, 18 yard pass to Thielen, and then two yard run by a Cook to get the first down. Actually, sh- should have been how they approach second and long into third down, right? Yeah. Like, make the 18-yard pass to Thielen on second down. Okay, I, now I, it's third and short. You can convert. I will also add, too, that Kirk Cousins, there's been a lot of times in his career, and I think maybe even the career stats bear this out, that thir- third down is, he's not nearly as good on third down as he is on, like, first down or second down because he's not as good also statistically when teams know that he has to pass. So, because he's just, he's not he's not going to flush out, make a big play, Um He's accurate, but on third down, especially third and long, defenses are coming at you. They know that right. you have to pass, and right. he is not good statistically under pressure. Yep. Yep. So then you look at the top of the list, like who are the best third down offenses? Well, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are number one. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and then the Patriots are fourth because they're just really well coached. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dak Prescott is fifth on that list. So it's, it's basically some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. At the bottom of that list, Jaguars, Lions, Seahawks are on there in large part because Geno Smith played like three games. Yeah. Um, and the Vikings are, are third, like I said, 26th in third down conversion. So. But, but if, you make, if you make a third down more consistently, third and short, you can hand the ball off mm-hmm. and get the first down. That's the thing is they don't often enough put themselves in a, in a position to succeed from a coaching standpoint. And so then when it's third and, you know, 10, yeah, they're going to blitz Kirk. Kirk's going to throw a ball at at, uh, at Conklin's feet. So, yeah, give yourself a chance on third down to actually run the ball on third down by passing on second yeah. down when it's second long. And then I lied. I, I told you guys it was four yeah. offensive stats. I gave you two bonus ones. Here's a here's a seven. Yes, seven. 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 All right. No! Seven. <laughs> Ball security. The Vikings have committed the fewest turnovers in the NFL so far this season. Six, only six through the first nine games. Kirk's only lost one last week, right? I think Kirk's one only fumble lost, lost. One fumble. I think so he's fumbled he only a has few two, times. Two interceptions. Yep. Yep. That's not and, and it kind of feels like my God, like they've committed so few turnovers and they're below five hundred still. Just it definitely feels like a missed opportunity in these first nine games, but. 
chance to even it up at 500. So mm-hmm. those are your key offensive stats. Seven. Bringing seven to the table. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Are you guys ready to go head-to-head here to, to battle for random Viking of the week oh, boy. supremacy? Right. Hold on. Yep, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Let's it's go. time Let's for go. the random Viking of the week. All right. Okay. Presented by Surly Brewing Company. Mm. They're mm. doing a giveaway here, too. Mm. They are, indeed. In fact, on their Instagram page right now, if you go to the Surly Brewing Instagram page and share with them in the comments your favorite Vikings memory, it might be Moss at Lambeau, it might be Moss in Dallas, it might be Favre uh, to to Lewis, touchdown against San Fran. Uh, One person who tags a friend will be picked to sit in the Surly Suite for Sunday's game. That's right, they have two tickets for you in the Surly Suite to watch Vikings Packers at U.S. Bank Stadium. Again, Surly Instagram page. They will be uh, picking the winner in the next, I think, couple of days. And so you will find out if you can bring a friend to watch the game from the, the suite. And if you don't win, guess what I suggest? I suggest that's right. You go out and pick up some Surly Furious IPA and enjoy the Vikings game on your TCL TV with a Surly Furious right by you don't forget call my friends at L- livia on monday are you done? Or just wait Gee, till monday dude, all right we're good we're good just wait <laughs> my till <monday>. god <laughs> he's pushing my buttons he knows what he's doing he's doing this on purpose I, yeah it, it's not it's not we, even for any other reason we got dex going i gotta sit by him tonight at the, at the hockey game all right random viking of the week all right this random viking played and by the way declan is down 10 to 5 to judd after a four-game winning streak, Judd is uh, by Declan. Judd has gotten the last two: Jack Del Rio and Jeff Dugan. And this random Viking of the week played college football in the MAC. Little Maction here. Oh, you're doing the Maction Viking of the week. You're going Maction on us. Does not help. I, I can you don't guys know name? Can you guys players. name a MAC player that? Not a single one. Name five MAC schools. I can't. Um, oh, um, Chester Taylor. I literally can. can't. Chester Taylor did. You can't name I, five. I legitimately schools? cannot. I don't oh, know college football. Oh, that's true. You don't. I, I don't that, pay attention fair. to it. I, I don't. He, he, he doesn't care. Take. About I, it. I, I want to take a guess. Guess a MAC team. Is Ohio a MAC team? Yeah. There you go. Yep. Bowling, Bowling Green. Green. Wow. Look at you. Yeah. Uh, is is South Dakota a MAC team? No. I don't know. Central Michigan. Okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't know. Yeah. No. He, pretty I much all care. of all of the yeah. directional Michigan yeah. Michigan schools, yeah. right? He Central doesn't care. West. Okay. All right, this random Viking of the week played for three different teams in his NFL career. And you guys get three wrong guesses each. You can ask me questions if you want to. Three teams? Yep. No, I think he played four. Okay. Sorry. Uh, This random Viking of the week was all-conference in three high school sports. Football, obviously. Basketball and track. Okay. It's a pro pro football player. That doesn't help me. Okay. Well, how about this one? This in high school. Yep. This football player, random Viking of the week. Yep. Played four different positions throughout his high school football career. Jeez. Running back, wide receiver, outside linebacker, and defensive back as a four-time letterman for the high school football team. 
This random Viking of the week has a Super Bowl ring. Obviously for- not with the Vikings. <laughs> and he played for three teams. Yep. Okay. This random Viking of the week averaged 14 yards per touch in college. And also, I will add, competed on his college's debate team. That's right. A little Maction debate team for this for this uh, this guy. Wait, so he put Fourteen. Okay. This random Viking of the week made over fifty million dollars playing football. Okay. This random Viking of the week once starred in Old Spice commercials. Oh, Greg Jennings. God. Wow, dude. Wow. Look at this guy right here. Judd Zolgad. That was easy. Coming in hot. That's right. He went to Western Michigan, right? He did. Western Michigan. He was rowing the boat before P.J. Fleck even got there. For a second, I really was thinking Chester Taylor, but then you said the debate team, and I knew it couldn't be Chester. Greg Jennings was very (laughs) articulate. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I I didn't even get to my teammates with Brett Favre swerve. I was going to try and get you guys thinking about the 2009 Vikings there, but didn't even get to that close. Oh, that was very sneaky. Very sticky, sis. That was so good. So there it is, Jub with his tenth win in random Viking of the week here. All right, that's uh, that's once a guest here on the old Mackie and Judd show from the Super Bowl uh, media. Oh, role. that's right. Yep, he was good. He was good. Was great. All right, that's a wrap. Purple Daily here today. Tomorrow we're back at it with a little four question Friday. And again, don't forget, right after Vikings Packers is over, win or lose, let's make it a festive episode of Vikings Ventline on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys tomorrow.